This morning, just for a few moments, I want to preach on the thought insecurity versus identity. Insecurity versus identity. Can you say that with me for a few moments? Insecurity. Say it real loud with me. All right, insecurity versus identity. All right, just for a few moments, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse number 15, I want to read a few verses to you. Genesis chapter 2, beginning with verse number 15, hear the words of Moses. Then the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it is the day that you shall surely die. This morning, just for a few moments, insecurity versus identity. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we're here Lord, let your word go to good soil, that we would hear and obey it. Lord, that it would be transformative in our heart, transformative in our life. We're just not here just to hear a sermon, but that it takes root in our heart and in our life. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. I want to speak on insecurity versus identity. It's a subject that I think all of us are aware of. It's one of those things that we all have in common, but it seems like we don't want to deal with it. It's something that we all struggle with, and yet it's at the same time, it's something that we want to push under the carpet and act like it doesn't exist. My friends, if we're truthful with ourselves and if we're truthful with one another, all of us can say with confidence this morning that we all battle insecurity. And the result of that, the fruit of that in our life is demonstrated in various ways. As a result of us being insecure, the fruit of that could be many things. It could be jealousy. It could even be rebellion. It could be victimhood, a pity party. It could be an obsessive disorder. You name it, you can fill in the blank. But if we look really closely, I believe that insecurity is not the design that God has created us with. I believe that as a result of the fall, as a result of sin entering into the world, all of us are broken and all of us have issues. We all can say with uplifted hands, we all have issues. We all have things that we struggle with and there are things in our life that we struggle with every year and every moment and every month we struggle with. But there's this one thing that I think that if we can get victory over, that if we can conquer, I believe that we can walk in greater freedom in our life. Jesus said, he that the Son sets free is free indeed. I've said this, but I think it's noteworthy to say it again, that if the truth can set you free, then it must be a lie that will bind you up. 
And that's exactly what the enemy does. The enemy controls the people of God by lying to them. And that is why it's very important that you listen to the voices that is spoken to your, that speaks into your life. You have an opportunity to listen to voices and that voice determines what truth that you walk into. Whether you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit through the written word of God or that we listen to the enemy or that we listen sometimes to ourselves. Sometimes we tell ourselves the wrong story. And I want to deal with insecurity, but I also want to deal with identity this morning. Because if our identity rests in Jesus, then that makes the difference. It really does. I want to give a few points. If you're taking notes, you can write them down. I'm, uh, I want you to uh, rehearse these points this week. I want you to go over these points because I think these points hold a lot of truth. The very first thing that I want you to see this morning is I want you to see that insecurity is really idolatry. Now, that sounds almost like an oxymoron this morning. Sounds like that doesn't make sense, but I want you to hear me out. Adultery is when we place our trust in something other than Jesus. When we elevate something in our life above God, that's what we call idolatry. And that's what insecurity is. Insecurity is elevating our feelings, elevating our perceptions, elevating how we feel above what the Word of God actually says about us. And if we're not careful, how we feel and what we think can really dictate how we, uh, how we conduct our life, what we do in life, because what you think really determines what you do. As a man thinks within himself, so he is. Do you know what the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 2 and verse number 13? Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse number 13. I want you to listen to the words of the prophet where he speaks to the children of Israel. He speaks to Judah and he says something about them. He says, this is what you've done to the Lord. He says, and this is Jeremiah speaking on behalf of the Lord. Jeremiah chapter two and verse number 13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Did you hear what the Lord is saying through the prophet Jeremiah? I have two evils and one of those evils is that you have forsaken me. You have left me. You have left me. I am the fountain of living water, but you have tried to dig out cisterns that have no water. You're going after something that has no value in your life. You are going after something that has no water. You're going after something that has no uh, 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 value in your life. And because of that, you have forsaken me. You see, ladies and gentlemen, insecurity is idolatry because we place our feelings, we place our perceptions, we place our view, we place our narrative above truth. And anytime we do that, then it becomes idolatry. And number two, insecurity is insanity. Now, I don't want to offend anyone this morning, but I want you to hear me out. 
I want you to really hear me out. I'm not saying that you're going to be locked up behind the bars. I'm not going to say that you're going to be locked up and somebody has to feed you medicine because you're crazy. But why I am saying this, that if you let your insecurity rule you, people will think you are crazy. People will think you are a nut job, really, if you don't get a control of your insecurity. Listen to this. Insecurity leads to insanity. How do I know that? Well, there are two people in the Bible that was almost labeled as crazy because they didn't deal with their insecurity. Do you remember the first person, King Saul? King Saul, the Bible says, was a handsome man. The Bible says he was taller than anyone else in the nation. He was a handsome man, had a lot going for him. He was handsome, he was talented, and he was gifted. And the Bible says that God anointed him as king over Israel. But Saul had an insecurity problem. He had such an insecurity problem that he was after David. David was a man who married his daughter. He was the best friends with his son, Jonathan. And yet Saul was consumed by insecurity and the fruit of insecurity is jealousy. And it ate him up to the point where King Saul spent most of his life on the run towards David to kill him. And all over and over, David honored him. David loved him because that's what you got to do with insecure people and jealous people. You got to keep loving them. You got to keep believing in them. You got to keep showing honor. And that's what David did. David never lifted up his finger against King Saul. He continued to love him. He continued to honor him, never dishonored him, but continued to love him. And King Saul was so jealous of, of, of David. The Bible says the people of the city would shout that Saul has killed their, his thousands, but David has killed 10,000. And the Bible says from that very moment, he had a jealous eye on David. Because when you are insecure, when you don't know who you are in Jesus, when you don't feel whole and complete within yourself, then you will have a jealous eye and you will compare yourself to other people. You will actually almost feel like you're going crazy. You see, the fruit of insecurity is jealousy. It's being oversensitive. It's focusing on your feelings instead of what the truth is, instead of what logic is. Insecurity is insanity. King Saul was so possessed with jealousy that he was almost crazy. You say, well, pastor, I don't believe that. Well, let me remind you of the story. King Saul was so eat up with jealousy, so ate up with insecurity. The Bible says that he was vexed by demonic spirits. And who did he call? He called the person that he was jealous over. He called David. David came in, got his harp, and began to sing and play so that the soul of Saul would calm down. You see, insecurity will lead you to a crazy state. You will feel insecure. You will feel jealous of other people. You will have an eye on everybody else. You can't celebrate the accomplishments of anyone else because you're insecure in your own self. Nobody can have a conversation with you because you're oversensitive. You get your feelings hurt so much. Over and over, you will think everybody's talking about you. Let me just break it down, folks. If you think everybody's talking about you, that is also insecurity. That's the other side. Don't think that you're so important that everybody's talking about you. Do you think everybody's talking about you all the time? 
I remember growing up in church, there was this particular lady, a, a wonderful woman of God. I remember her, I, I would sit beside of her in church because she was just, you know, she would feed me candy. <laughs> so I'd sit there and she'd give me some candy and, and some gum. And, and back then, you know, the, the, they had uh, the, those wooden seats, you know. And so I'd get on the floor and, and I'd count how many pieces of gum they stuck underneath the church pew. And, and you know, and I'd, I'd, play with the, I'd play with the song books and all that stuff. And I'd sit beside of her. And I remember, I remember in particular her sitting there upstairs set in church and she would kind of nudge me and say, you see that person over there? They don't like me. And I was so confused because I'm like, well, how do you know they don't like you? But she was so obsessed sitting in church thinking that somebody don't like her or somebody was talking about her and she lived her whole life like that. Everybody was against her. Everybody was after her. Poor her. Poor, I'll never make it. I, nobody calls on me to sing. Nobody asks me to preach. Nobody does this. And they live with this continual victim mindset. And I've learned one thing, that you will never be powerful as long as you are pitiful. I'm going to say, can I just push it a little bit? Everybody say, Pastor, push it. You will never be powerful as long as you are pitiful. I'm going to say that again. You will never be powerful as long as you are pitiful. You have to make a decision. Am I going to be pitiful or am I going to be powerful? But I can't be both. King Saul was insecure. What about another person? What about King Herod? He was a crazy man too. He was the king, supposedly, of the Jews, appointed by the Romans. King Herod was ruling in Judea. But the Bible says wise men came from afar, and they went to King Herod and said, Tell us, where is he that's born king of the Jews? And what does that insecure king do? He acts genuine. What does he sell, tell the wise men? When you have found the place, would you come back and let me know so I can worship him too? The passive aggressiveness of insecurity. He said the right words, but his heart was far from it. And the Bible says that King Herod was so eat up with jealousy that the Bible says he murdered all the children two years and under, because that's what insecurity will do. Insecurity will make you go crazy. Insecurity will make you not celebrate anyone else. Insecurity will cause you to live in a vacuum where you think that the only person's feelings that needs to be validated is myself. The only praise that needs to be said is myself. Insecurity leads to insanity. It's idolatry. Now, somebody once said that there's a difference between insecurity versus identity. Let me just read that to you. Insecurity is into titles, while identity is into the towel, into serving. Insecurity is into competing, while identity is into completing. Insecurity focuses on your weight, while identity focuses on your worth. Insecurity looks at the bedroom mirror, while identity looks at the mirror of the word. 
Insecurity is jealous, while identity is joyful. Insecurity is focused on self-pity, while identity is focused on self-care. Insecurity lives out of labels, but identity lives out of love. Insecurity hides from God, while identity hides in God. Insecurity feels abandoned, while identity walks as though you are adopted. Insecurity leads to adultery, while identity leads to inheritance. And we have to make a decision. Are we going to live our life out of insecurity? Insecurity, the, it means to feel less than. It means to feel worthless. Have you ever felt that way? I'm unworthy. I'm a nobody. God can't love me. That's insecurity. Feeling less than. And you see, that's an unhealthy biblical approach of humanity. You see, you're not supposed to think superior of yourself, nor are you supposed to think inferior of yourself. You see, superior, the fruit of that is pride. That's insecurity. Trying to overcompensate for the weaknesses of your life. Superior. But the other flip side of insecurity is inferior. Living in self-pity, feeling like you're nobody and you're worthless and nobody cares and you're just a worm of the earth, so sinful. God can never use you. That is also insecurity. And both of them seeks attention. And that is why it's idolatry. It's the exaltation of self. I feel unworthy. That draws attention to yourself. It's the exaltation of self. I feel superior. You want the praise and recognition of people. That's also insecurity. Do you remember what the Apostle Paul said? He said, told the Roman church, for you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought. In other words, you should think of yourself a certain way, but you shouldn't think highly of yourself than you ought. You should have a biblical approach to how God looks at you. When God looks at you, he doesn't see a sinner. If you have put your faith in Jesus alone and put your faith and trust in Christ alone for your salvation, and he has forgiven you of your sin, then you have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You are no longer a sinner. You are now a saint. You got to change the view that you think of yourself. You are, you were saved, you are being saved, and you shall be saved. It doesn't mean that you're perfect, but it does mean that your mindset has to change to a biblical mindset of what God says about you. Identity versus insecurity. Number three, when you have a reason to feel insecure, you have a choice not to feed on the insecurity. Listen, when you feel insecure, and guess what, my friends? You're going to feel insecure. Lots of times I feel insecure. Most of the time I feel insecure. And I think you could testify with me. I think all of us are in the same boat. We all have times that we feel insecure and inadequate and unworthy and unqualified. And there may even be some truth to that. 
But you have a choice not to feed on your insecurities. I'm reminded of the text that I read to you about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And the Bible says that God put them in the garden to tend it. But God also says, I don't want you to eat of the tree of, of knowledge. Don't eat from it. He said, you can have all of the other trees in the garden but I don't want you to have that tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I don't want you to eat from it. In other words, you have the whole garden. You, you can tend to the whole garden. Everything in the garden belongs to you, but there's one thing that doesn't belong to you. I don't want you to eat of it, and that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And you know the story, the great fall of man, they ate from the tree. And because of that, you and I, we have suffered the consequences of their decisions. They ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. What does that have to do with my insecurity? There are so many trees in your life that you can celebrate. Why do we have to focus on the one tree in our life that brings us insecurity? There's the tree of health. There's the tree of family. There's a tree of, of our church. There's the tree of our income. There's the, there's the tree of our children. There's so many other trees in the garden that we can eat from and celebrate from. But why is it that we focus so much on the one tree? Why is it so much that we focus on the things in our life? that brings us down, that causes us to feel insecure. You have an opportunity not to eat from the tree. You see, you're going to feel insecure. Are you going to eat from the tree? Are you going to eat of the insecurity? Are you going to dwell on the insecurity? Are you going to abide in the insecurity? Are you going to eat from that tree? You see, every day you have to make that decision. I refuse to eat from that tree. I refuse to feel insecure. I refuse to eat from the tree. I, I have other trees I could eat from, but I refuse to eat from that tree because I don't want to be insecure. When you feel insecure, and my friends, you will feel insecure in life, you have a choice not to feed on that insecurity. You see, Adam and Eve had a choice. They didn't need to eat from that tree. They had the whole garden. They could eat from every other tree in the garden, but they chose to eat from that tree. And you have a choice to eat from it. You have a choice to eat from it. You see, you're not responsible for everything that happens to you in life but you are responsible for your healing. You're not responsible for everything that gets passed to you in life, but you are responsible for what you activate in your life. You're not responsible for the hurt of your childhood. You're not responsible for what they said to you. You're not responsible for how they treated you, but you are responsible for your healing. You are responsible for what you activate in your life. You are responsible for your response. You are responsible for what you eat in life. You have a choice. Are you going to eat from the tree or not? 
You see, Adam had the tree and every other tree in the garden, but he chose to eat from that tree. Maybe your tree is your physical appearance. Maybe your tree is your family. Maybe there's somebody that makes you feel insecure. Maybe there's somebody that you desire their approval and you can never get it. Maybe that tree is the hurt from your parents from many years ago. You have a choice. You can continue to eat from it. You can continue to feed on it. It just makes it worse, don't it? It is not the tree. Listen to pastor. It is not the tree that made Adam feel shameful. It was when he ate from the tree. Listen to Pastor Josh. It wasn't the tree that made him feel shameful. It was him eating from the tree. There are many things in your life that you feel insecure about. You can allow that to bring shame to you. You can allow that to bring jealousy in your life if you choose to eat from it. You don't have to let the hurt and the insecurities of your life bring shame. You have an opportunity to eat from the tree or not to eat from the tree. And Adam chose to eat from the tree. And because of that, when we eat from the tree, we allow it to determine who we are. Listen, when you focus on something, when you focus on something, you're going to end up eating from it. And that eating is going to lead to your feeling. It's the three F's of insecurity. It starts with focusing, feeding, feeling. I'm going to say that again. It starts with focusing, feeding, feeling. I focus on it. I feed on it. What do I mean by it? I meditate upon it. I rehearse it and rehearse it feed upon it and then as a result of me feeding upon it my feelings are now affected by it you focus you feed and you feel you see number four when you don't eat from the tree of truth you end up wearing fig leaves you know the story Adam and Eve fell into sin Eve the Bible says took the fruit and she ate of it. Now, let me just make sure you understand. The Bible says Adam was with her. So she turns around and gives it to Adam. They both ate of it. And because of that, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, the whole of humanity has now fallen into sin because of their consequences, because of their choices. You say, well, pastor, that's no fair. I wasn't there to make that choice. Well, my friends... I'm not, a, I'm not at Washington, D.C. every day either. But the decisions that they make affect us on a daily basis. And the decisions that they made affect us even now. When Adam and Eve sinned, it was passed to the whole human race. And as a result of that, what did they do? They got fig leaves out and they covered themselves. Because isn't that what insecure people do? Insecure people try to cover themselves with degrees. Education. Weight loss. You name it. All those things are good in itself. 
But sometimes we use them. Sometimes we use them to cover up how we truly feel, to give us a sense of accomplishment, trying to put the fig leaves on to try to cover up how we really feel inside. My friends, there's always going to be an opportunity for you to eat from the tree. And when you eat from the tree, you're going to grope for everything you can to cover up the shame and the guilt in your life. There will be things in the garden that you cannot change. There will be things in the garden that you cannot change. There are trees in the garden that you cannot remove. My friends, God never said to Adam and Eve, Adam, I want, I'm giving this whole garden to you. I want you to tend the garden. And you see that tree over there, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? I want you to chop it down. God never said those words. God left the tree in the garden. And listen to pastor. There are things in your life that you cannot change. There are things in your life you cannot chop down. And you got to choose every day not to eat from it. You got to choose every day not to go by it. You got to choose every day not to participate by eating its fruit. Sometimes God will not remove the tree in the garden. He will leave it there. And that is why Paul said, I've prayed and prayed that God would remove it. And the word of the Lord to Paul was, my grace is sufficient for you. If God doesn't remove it, my friends, God will give you grace to endure it. And how many can wave your hand and say, thank God that his grace is a sustaining power. When you don't eat from the tree of truth, if you don't go to truth, the word of God, and what the truth of the word of God says, you will begin to start covering yourself up. And that's exactly what happened. They covered themselves up. Number five, when you can't remove the tree of knowledge, you must resist it. Isn't that right? You must resist it. Isn't it interesting to me that the tree was never removed, but it was left there? And there are things in your life that you will never be able to remove. You've got to learn how to resist it. Now, I want to share something with you. The tree was in the garden and the tree in itself didn't bring shame it was when they ate from the tree that brought shame but I want you to go deeper in the story because in the garden you had Adam you had Eve and then you had the garden somebody else was in the garden it was the serpent. The tree did not have a voice. The snake had the voice. Your insecurities don't have a voice, but there is a voice behind your insecurities, and it's the snake. Can, can y'all, are y'all with me? I said the tree did not have a voice. The tree could not speak. But there was something else in the garden that had a voice. And it was the snake. 
And let me tell you something. The insecurities that you think is really bad in your life, they don't have a voice. The only thing that has a voice is the snake. And the snake is standing by the tree and he's trying to change your reality because he wants to destroy your revelation. He, listen, that's what the snake does. The snake uses your reality to mess with your revelation. The snake uses your condition to question your position in God. The tree can't speak. It's the snake. Listen, how does a snake fight? A snake cannot stand on itself. The snake fights because of its mouth. It bites. And the enemy bites because of his mouth, what he says. And ladies and gentlemen, you have a choice. The tree will not speak. Your insecurities will not speak. But there is a snake in your life, and he will use your insecurities to try to change your reality, to try to change your revelation of who you know you are in Jesus Christ. There's a snake in the garden. The tree cannot speak. It's the snake. He uses our reality to mess with our revelation. He uses our condition to question our position in God. The tree cannot speak. It's the snake that speaks. And that's what the snake does. He will use your insecurities. Hath God said... The day that you eat of this, you surely die. As God really said, the tree don't speak, it's the snake. The hurt in your life, it don't have a voice, it can't talk. The snake uses the tree. You think it's, you think it's your insecurities talking. They don't have a voice. It's the snake that uses it. It's the snake that speaks on behalf of the tree. Listen, I'm, I'm about to close. Are you all with me today? Okay, are you all with me? And I'm going to say a statement, and I just want you to uh, not microwave it. I want you to marinate it, okay? Are you all ready? Everybody say marinate. So here's the statement, number six. Anytime you allow your body to be the source of your identity, you will feel dirty. Stop. Anytime you allow your body to be the source of your identity, you will feel dirty. Why? Because God made humanity out of the dirt of the earth. And anytime you focus on your body, your body came from the dirt. And anytime you focus on your body, you will feel dirty. But there was something else in the garden that God did. God not only took dirt and formed and made man, but what did the Bible do? What does the Bible say? He breathed the breath of God into that piece of dirt 
and that piece of dirt became humanity. You are more than your body. You are more than a piece of dirt. You came from God. You are a spirit man and you will live on forever. And when you focus on your body, you will feel dirty. You gotta focus more on just dirt. Oh, I know, we like to pull it up, snip it up, stretch it. That's all you're doing, nipping and stretching dirt. You're more than your body. Insecurity focuses on the body, but identity focuses on our worth. And you see, when Jesus came and died on the cross, he changed our identity. Our identity now is not found in our body. Our identity is not found in what we do. Our identity is not found in our performance. As a matter of fact, as believers, we now look at the cross and our identity is found at the cross. I take my insecurities to the cross. I take my shame to the cross. I take my helplessness to the cross. I take my unworthiness to the cross because it is at the cross that I find who I truly am. I am an heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ. When you focus on your body, you will feel dirty. Hmm. He didn't give power to destroy the tree. He didn't give Adam the ability to destroy the tree. He gave him the power to choose. He gave him the power to choose to eat from the tree and gave him the power to whether to listen to the serpent or not. You say, well, pastor, in closing, how am I supposed to deal with the hurt of my life? How am I supposed to deal with the insecurities of my life? What am I supposed to do? Number one, you got to remove the snake from your garden. The garden is your life. You can remove the voice of the snake from your garden. Quit listening to the snake. He's going to make your insecurities greater than what they are. Number two, you can't eat from the tree that you can't move. Don't eat from the tree that you can't move. In other words, you gotta make a decision not to focus on your insecurities. Yes, we're about growing and improving, but there are some things you can never change. Number three, you got to feed on the other trees that God has placed in the garden. There are some things you can't change, but let's focus on the things that God has given you. He's given you a church. He's given you a pastor. He's given you friends. He's given you a family. He's given you a job. He's given you other resources. Let's focus 
on the other trees in the garden. Let's focus on that. Amen.